You're listening to another edition of the Carboline Tech Service Podcast. I'm Jack Walker. With me, as always, is the Director of Technical Service, Mr. Paula Jamis. Paul, how do you feel? Do you think maybe our probationary period here where we have to behave ourselves is uh, coming to a close? Do you think we can uh, get away with some more shenanigans? Uh, you know, I don't feel like it. I feel like we've been reprimanded and it keeps going up the chain. I mean, I was really looking forward to that margarita machine. Yeah, so was I. I wonder what they would say if we had, you know, popcorn and a beer tap? Scotch Globe? Hey, there Oh, there we go. No one has to know. We can no. just say that we care about geography. That's right. That's right. Get that, a nice fancy one. We and... want to know where on the globe places are when people call in to talk to us. That's right. Our listeners are out there. We, we, are, we do have a global reach. Absolutely. Paul, why don't you tell them how to get a hold of us? Yeah, you can reach us at technicalservice at carboline.com. You can also get us on Twitter. Jack's at Jack underscore CTSP. And I'm at Paul underscore CTSP. Now, we're going to continue. Last week, we talked about the abrasive blast standards for steel. And we're going to continue and move on to some more of the steel surface prep. We got Danny B back with us, sometimes known as uh, Panama Dan. (laughs) Yeah, there there is a story there. There is a story there. Um, The moral of the story is that Panama City, Panama, is not the same place as Panama City, Florida. Right, Dan? No, it is not. (laughs) (laughs) so and you do know if you call into tech service you do have about an 18 percent chance of it being dan that you get on the phone ask him about it there you go let's get right into it and one thing that we want to add to last week's is we did not cover the iso standards associated with the abrasive blast we um we're negligent Americans and just talked about our standards and ignored the rest of the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oops. Yeah. So, and if you want to look at them and think of them the easiest way, they're kind of in the reverse order of the NACE standards. So the SA standards is what you'll sometimes see. And this is the ISO standards. And what you want to look at is it's ISO 8501-1. And their standards are three, two and a half, two, and one. And that's in the reverse order, the, the same as when you look at the NACE standards, one, two, three, and four. So NACE number one is equal to ISO SA3. NACE number two is similar to SA2 and a half. NACE number three is SA2, and NACE number four is SA1. Do you think they do that for clarity? You, you would have thought somebody would have put them all together in the same order. <laughs> All right, so now as we move on to our lesser-than-abrasive blast standards, one thing to notice is we are no longer in joint standard territory here. NACE and SSPC do not have joint standards for power tool and hand tool cleaning. I don't think NACE has standards for those at all. I don't think so either. I've not. They're not common if they do have them. So we're going to be talking about SSPC, SP123, 11, and 15. One thing that we need to talk about is the SP1. With SP1 that we need to talk about is that it's relevant in conjunction with all the standards that we talked about last week and the standards that we're going to talk about this week. And this is the solvent cleaning of your substrate. So you're removing oil, grease, dirt, salts, contaminants by cleaning with solvent, vapor, or steam. Really, it tells you it doesn't matter how you clean it. You're going to have to use different detergents or different methods depending on whatever contaminant is there on the surface. We talked a little bit about that too. If you look back at episode 32 with soluble salts, you know, you had alkaline cleaners and you had acidic cleaners, and it just depends on what it is you're trying to remove. SP1 says 
use what you need to to get it done. Exactly. If you're cleaning your house, you wouldn't use the same thing on your wood floors that you would use on your tile. Right. Right. So now let's move on to SP2. Dan, why don't you get into SP2 here for a second? Okay. With regards to the uh, tool cleanings, an SP2 is referenced as hand tool cleaning to uh, prepare coated surfaces or raw steel. Um, you're talking about you removing loose mill scale, loose rust, loose paint, and any other loose detrimental foreign matter from the substrate. It's not intended to remove adherent mill scale or adherent rust, adherent paint. Okay, the mill scale, rust, and paint are considered adherent if you cannot remove by lifting with a dull putty knife. That does not mean a sharpened putty knife or a sharpened chisel. So if I go to Home Depot and I buy myself a putty knife and come out to the job and try to do SB2, am I within definition of the standard brand new putty knife? So the key is it's a putty knife and it's not one that has a sharpened edge. So like if you were to be using a drywall style putty knife, those are considered a dull putty knife because they don't have a filed edge. Because most of the time people are going to show up on a job site and they're going to have their traditional five-in-one or six-in-one tool, that's a sharpened edge. Yep. That is not a dull putty knife. Correct. And therefore, that does not meet the standard of SP2. And it's definitely not a chisel. No, chisels do not count as dull putty knives. As far as tools that can be used, you know, as, as far as applicable to SP2, hand tool cleaning, your, your simplest and, and uh, foremost would be a hand wire brush. Or, again, a scraper, a five-in-one tool. A putty knife, either sharp or dull, as far as the preparation process goes. Uh, you're also talking about hammers, chipping hammers, um, any of that sort that are basically hand held in the hand and used to, you know, again, impact the surface to remove loose rust, loose coating, loose mill scale. This standard is not intended to remove tightly adhered foreign matter. Whether that foreign matter is paint or rust, we just want to get the loose off. And, and that's an important thing to distinguish. The paint is not smart. It adheres to what it adheres to. So if you would, if you put paint over loose foreign matter, you will be ad adhered to that foreign matter and not your substrate. Right. And then it's a matter of how tightly does that foreign matter hold on to the substrate. It's not uncommon for us to get paint chips here in St. Louis in the lab, and we'll have something on the back of it and say, your paint performed fantastically. And people don't really like that because it fell off what they were painting. But it stuck great <laughs> to that layer of dirt or paint mm -hmm. or bird droppings, whatever it was. It stuck great there. Problem is, that stuff didn't hold on to the surface. The paint does not discriminate. No, it does not. It, it definitely will adhere to whatever you put it on. Yep. All right. SP3, Dan. SSPC SP3. Now we've moved into a power tool surface prep. Correct. You're you're talking about using either electric or pneumatic type of uh, energy rather than by hand, uh, as far as a, a tool goes. And you're basically a, accomplishing the same degree of preparation as for hand tool cleaning. You're going to remove loose mill scale, loose rust, loose paint. And any other loose detrimental foreign matter is just that you're using either an electric or pneumatically powered tool to accomplish that. And that could be in the form of uh, electric or pneumatic sanding, uh, grinding, um, chipping hammer, uh, an air chisel, even a, a flapper disc wheel. Uh, all of those are methods of 
power tool cleaning to an SP3. So one of the things to pay attention to, especially as we move into SP11 and SP15 here, SP2 and SP3 do not create any surface profile. These two standards are only removing foreign material from our surface. They don't create profile. And that's an important distinction as we move into SP11 and SP15. So why don't you... Well, hold on one second. When you think about SP2 and SP3, those are going to be used and specified in conjunction with more surface tolerant coatings. For more information on that, you can go back to episode 27 where we talk about surface tolerant coatings. Usually in the contract documents, if you're doing an SP2 or SP3 versus a spot versus full, if there's an existing coating and you're going to do, be doing a maintenance overcoating, it's necessary in the contract documents that tightly adherent coating be abraded or roughened if you're intending on doing a maintenance overcoating. If you just say simply SP2, SP3, preparation of existing coating, that will not guarantee an abrading or roughening or preparing the surface of an existing tightly adherent coating for a maintenance overcoat or spot repair coating overlap. So that's one thing that you the contract documents or the vendor should mention or specify whether this is raw steel or doing an SP2, SP3 hand tool, power tool to an existing coating surface. That's right. That's a great point, Dan, because I know normally from tech service from here in St. Louis, when we're talking about this, our normal process, if we're saying to do an SP2 or SP3 to prepare, we will also mention you need to create a profile in that existing coating. And we'll help them out with here's the type of sandpaper you should be using or here's the type of disc you should think about and what kind of profile we want as a result <clears throat> because we know we need to specify that profile. Indeed, it is mentioned in the SP3 uh, power tool cleaning surface prep standard that the use of power wire brushes and power wire wheels will burnish or polish uh, mill scale or steel or existing coating. And if the intent is to create or promote adhesion when doing an overcoating, you may have to chase you know, a power wire wheel or, or a power uh, wire brush with actually a grit sanding or grinding disc to create profile or, or surface roughness. Yep. Okay. All right. All right, Paul, it's that time again. Time to pay the bills. So we'd like to remind you that this podcast is brought to you by Carboline, and we'd like to introduce our new CarboQuick 200. That's right. CarboQuick is our new family of products, and this is the first in that line. It's a high-build polyaspartic that can be applied direct to metal. This coating exceeds the SSPC coating specification number 39-3A. Now, what that means is it has really good weatherability. It sure does. It's quick dry and more convenient pot life than traditional polyaspartics have. Once again, the CarboQuick 200, a quick solution for demanding environments. Now, when we move on to 11 and 15, this is the SSPC, SP11, SP15, these standards are kind of closely related to each other. Now, we're using power tools to create a profile, but there's quite a little bit of a difference in the cleanliness. Dan, would you care to elaborate? Yes. When we're talking about SP2, SP3, again, we're talking about allowing tightly adherent matter to remain on the substrate, that tightly inherent manner. Again, rust, rust scale, mill scale, existing coating. When it comes to SP11 and SP15, these are power tool cleaning methods only. And we're talking about removing loose 
coating, loose rust, loose mill scale, okay, and allowing, um, especially with regards to SP15, allowing a certain percentage of tightly adherent to remain. Whereas with an SP11, now let's talk about SP11. That is a power tool cleaning to bare metal. That is certainly to be used, especially when you're talking about surface preparation of existing uh, steel uh, where abrasive blasting is, is not possible or allowed. Power tool cleaning SP11 is, is a more thorough cleaning method than SP3 because you're removing everything to bare metal. You're removing all rust, you're removing all mill scale, all existing coatings, all foreign matter to basically a near white blast or white metal blast condition. That is the really, that's the key feature of SP11 is it is the hand tool, power tool, clean equivalent of SP10 where we're using dry abrasive blasting. So when somebody's not able to blast, but you still require a, a bare metal substrate, SP11 is the standard that needs to be specified. The additional part of SP11 is it does mention and require a minimum of a one mil anchor profile. And that's important, especially when we start talking about doing repairs and stuff for tank linings, is we want to make sure that there's always that profile there to help maintain the proper adhesion values when you start talking about tank linings or things that aren't necessarily surface tolerant. And with regards to the tools, what kind of tools are we talking about when doing a, a power tool cleaning to bare metal in accordance with SSPC SP11? Well, there you're talking about using either electric or pneumatically powered tools that are of the sort of grinding tools that use you know either a bonded media with abrasive grains such as sanding discs okay uh, also uh, uh, sanding wheels or, or imp abrasive impregnated uh, type wheels there are impact tools either electric or nat pneumatic that either uh, strike the substrate with either uh, uh, such as an air chisel or even further, this looks like a flapper wheel. And for the most recent 10 years, the common use of a bristle blaster to create anchor profile while in addition to cleaning the surface to bare metal. That, that's a great point, Dan. The, the bristle blaster is a great tool that's come out, you know, like you said, probably about 10 years ago. We could probably do a whole episode just on the bristle blaster, when you can use it, what you can get out of it. We recommend the use of it all the time here because it is it is a very successful use tool. Absolutely. Indeed. Uh, when, you've, when you're in the field and you say you, abrasive blasting is not allowed, period, uh, the use of a bristle blaster is about the only method you can get in, a, you know, immersion-grade type of surface preparation. Yep. So... Rounding it out as we come to an end here, SP15 is the last one that we were going to cover today. I think the biggest distinction to, to point out with SP15, because it also has a one mil anchor profile that you create, it is using power tools. It's equivalent, if you remember back to last week, SSPC SP14, which SP14 and NACE number eight is the industrial blast standard. And in that, it allows mill scale to be left on the surface. That's the big distinction between, let's say, NACE number three and NACE number eight. NACE number three does not allow for mill scale. NACE number eight allows for mill scale to be left on the substrate. That's correct. The SP14 is considered an 
It's kind of in between an SP7 brush off and an SP6 commercial. So on the power tool cleaning end, an SP15 commercial grade power tool clean surface would be basically better than an SP3, but not all the way to a bare metal SP11 power tool cleaning. And the distinction there with regards to an SP15 is power commercial grade power tool cleaning is you're going to remove all rust and paint, but allows random staining to remain on up to 33% of any unit area. And that unit area was basically 3 inch by 3 inch. As far as staining goes, that 33% is almost in the uh, same mode as uh, an SP6 uh, NACE number 3. Yep. Right? Yep. But you're doing it with a power tool. That's right. One of the things we want to remember as we kind of wrap up these... Now, the distinction on this is this has all been dry surface prep. All of these standards start off with SSPC SP1 surface prep. Use the solvent, whatever you need to use to clean it before you start doing your surface prep. The last step of SP1, and as you get into these, you're going to need to remove all of the contaminants. And then as you start to remove the existing coatings or contaminants that are there, the best way is a mechanical or a, a blow down with clean, dry air. Remove all of that dust and then make sure it's clean. Solvent wipe. We always recommend something like MEK or acetone is a great solvent for carbon steel. It doesn't leave a residue. It's a nice clean a detergent to remove the remaining dust that's left. Then we get into these standards. And it all depends on what's able to be done in the area that you have to work. And one last note, the standard that you would use is a VIS-3. VIS-3, uh, much like VIS-1 that we discussed last week, the SSPC VIS-3 is your pictorial standard for all of these hand and power tool cleanings that we've discussed. It's really good for inspectors out there to take a look and you can identify your rust grade just like in VIS-1 and then it gives you multiple examples of SP-3 as well as 11, 15, and 2. We kind of blew out our time today. We've exceeded it. So, Dan, thanks again for coming in. Oh, one last thing. There is the ISO standard equivalent to SP2 and SP3. Oh, yeah. We should probably talk about that. Oh, quick and quick and dry, simple. That the ISO 8501-1 equivalent to an SSPC SP2 hand tool cleaning is the ISO ST. Two, okay, and then the ISO equivalent to power tool cleaning SSPC SP3 is ISO ST3. Alrighty, so at least that one makes some sense. Yeah. Right up. Yeah. Well, Dan, thanks again for coming in. You bet. And Ev, we'll see you guys next Monday. Who put the light in? Carbon